The following is a presentation of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. And welcome wrestling fans to the Ice Hour. This podcast is aimed at promoting the world of Division Three college wrestling and is named for the late Hall of Fame coach Dave Eisenhower. Here we'll talk about topics and news that's relevant to those who compete for the love of the sport in Division Three. The Ice Hour is sponsored by My House Sports Gear. Check out their line of wrestling gear and apparel at MyHouseSportsGear.com. Subscribe using your favorite podcasting app by going to MattTalkOnline.com slash ice. And episode 7 of the Ice Hour D3 Wrestling Podcast. My name is Jason Bryant. Today we're going to visit with Wartburg Head Wrestling Coach Eric Keller. And the Knights are one of the premier programs, not just in Division Three, but in all of college wrestling. Coach Keller, thanks for coming on the Ice Hour. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, Jason. Now, we, we talk about that, the one of the premier programs. And this does transcend the, you know, the divisions in wrestling. You're one of the few teams can actually say there's been a feature in the New York Times. It's been about a little rivalry with a school up here in Minneapolis called Augsburg. I mean, that's got to be a cool thing for a Division Three sport in any, you know, regardless of sport. Be like, yeah, we've been featured in New York, New York Times. Yeah, I mean, I think it was cool just for wrestling in general to be covered in the New York Times, you know. I mean, uh, a newspaper of that stature, but to cover uh, the rivalry between Wartburg and Augsburg and um, you know, to send a guy out here to come and stay with us for a couple of days. And, um, and then it was, it was a full page spread when they did put the article out. Um, it was, it was pretty cool. Now this is your sixth year as the co slash head coach. Now you're fully been the head coach for the last three. Uh, talk a little bit about your, your, your journey to Wartburg. You were an all American Northern Iowa spent time at North central, but what, what drew you to division three coaching? What drew you to Wartburg? The year after I uh, graduated at Northern Iowa, I was that summer trying to decide what I was going to do. Um, it just happened to be the same year that Coach Manning had gone to Nebraska. Um, Coach Penrith was going to take over at UNI. And so I was basically down to those two places and trying to decide what my future was going to hold. I knew I wanted to coach wrestling. And uh, Coach Miller uh, just kind of randomly out of the blue, at least on my end, got a hold of me and just said, hey, come take a look at Wartburg. And, you know, I mean, I obviously knew who Wartburg was, um, knew who Coach Miller was and came up and um, sat down and, and visited with him and just just got a feel for his love and his passion of wrestling and, and the way he went about things. And uh, it, it honestly was one of those situations where right there on the spot, I, I knew what I wanted to do. Now, what did Coach Miller do that really kind of created this family atmosphere? These, you know, you kind of see what Nick Mitchell's doing down at Grandview, and it's very, very similar to what what Millboy started at Wartburg and what you have continued on with. It's it's like Wartburg A and Wartburg B, even though the schools are differently. And it seems like that works for not just you know the success part of it, but the whole team. The whole team is involved. These big rosters, they're all speaking. The senior captains. I mean, there's a real family atmosphere and, and you know how do, how would that how did that blossom under coach miller and how have you you kind of run with that well that's that's kind of what stuck out to me when i came on my visit to, to warburg to, to look at maybe you know what what career i was going to go what path i was going to go as far as the coaching world and um you know I, I think when you have the the family atmosphere when you have everybody on your team understand that they have value uh, whether they're the guy that wrestles in the national tournament or not, they have just as much value. But but really meaning that and helping them understand that and making them feel a part of it, 
um, you know, you, you get guys that go above and beyond, you know, and um, people use that cliche a lot that it's a family, but believe me here, it is a family. And with the tradition that has been set forth over the last 20 some years, and you know, really beyond that, when wrestling began in the, in the early uh, eras of Warburg wrestling, all those people are invested and connected to the current group that's up now. And so um, it's a pretty special thing, you know, when, when you're the current group going through and you realize you have all these years of people that are invested that are your brothers really in wrestling. And uh, it's a, it's a powerful thing. And, you know, it's, it's one of those where it's a rarity, you know, and I think that's, that's had a lot to do with the continued level of success because, um, when people get out and they speak about Warburg wrestling, they speak passionately about it because it's changed their life. So we look at the success of the program right now. You guys are coming off a national duels victory the sixth year in a row. And you guys lost, I believe, what was four matches the entire weekend. How do you guys just reload so quickly? Well, I mean, if you look at last year's team, um, you know, a year ago, we started the season out unranked and, and had lost, I don't know, maybe seven or eight guys out of the lineup from the year before to graduation. And so it definitely wasn't a reloading year. Um, it was a rebuilding year, you know, and, and, and what it is is just development. You know, you get going kind of back to what I was saying about every guy in your room having value. This is this is case in point. You know, I mean, you had a, a year of of basically all brand new guys in our lineup with the exception of maybe one guy that had been there before. And those guys just throughout the course of the year developing. But a lot of that development started when they first got here, whether they were the guy or not, they bought in, they had value and they've gotten better every single year. And so when they got their opportunity, you know, they were ready to go, but um, you know, it's, it's daily development and working with everybody in your room and making sure everybody's accountable to what you're trying to get done and that everybody buys in and is on the same page. Speaking of the National Duels, what do you think that the event's relevance is for Division Two, Division Three, the NAI, the JUCOs? The you know it broke off from the Division Ones broke off, and it's been a as it's called the multi-divisional National Duels. What is the relevance within Division Three, and how seriously do you and the other coaches within uh, Division Three, and maybe other coaches in, in other divisions, take the event? You know what? I think it's been an awesome event. Um, you know, it was it was obviously disappointing at first when Division One pulled out, and because that tournament in the dome, you know, the national duels in the dome there for the what four or five years they had it there was was an outstanding event for everyone. Um, and so when it when it broke up, it was definitely some um, concern about what the future was going to be. Uh, but they've done an outstanding job, of, especially these last two years, holding it. You know, it's in Fort Wayne and. Um, you know, just talking specifically about Division Three. I mean, I think 18 out of the top 20 ranked programs uh, were represented this year. So I think you can see that um, coaches as a whole put value on it and uh, understand that it's important. And I think it is important. You know, I think it's important for every level, every division. And uh, I'm I'm real happy that it's been able to continue and, um, you know, we're able to move forward with it because there was some concern that it was possibly going to be dropped there for a while. Well, it's not all going to be sunshine and rainbows here on the ice hour. I'm going to just ask you one simple question. What happened in Hershey? What happened in Hershey? Um, Too much chocolate? (laughs) You know what? I don't even like chocolate. I never did like chocolate. Now I really don't like chocolate. But (laughs) um, no, I mean, you know, it was a combination of things, you know. I mean, you had a brand new group of guys that had never been in the national tournament before. 
Um, but, you know, in the end, bottom line is we just didn't get it done. We didn't win the matches that we could have won, that we should have won. Um, I don't want to ever take anything away from Augsburg or the national tournament they had. Those guys caught on fire, and uh, they 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 grabbed it and took it, you know. And so, um, you know, it's been a long year, you know, not so much now that the seasons began, but it was a long off season. It was a long off season of um, – sleepless nights thinking about different ways that we could have done things or how, how things could have been different. But, you know, in the end, what it comes down to is as a, as a group, Hey, we don't want to feel this way. We don't have to feel this way. Let's do everything in our power to become a team that can get as good as possible. So we have the best opportunity to, to win the national title this next year. What did you learn from that experience as a coach? What did you you take and be like, all right, this is something that we were doing, and now all of a sudden it doesn't work? I mean, were there tweaks, or you just kind of keep with the same system throughout? Um, You know, I mean, I, I don't know that necessarily there was anything that necessarily needed tweaked. Um, I mean, looking back, I mean, there's definitely different conversations that could have possibly been had, different ways to um, get through to guys or um, – motivate them or figure out what's going on in their head, you know, that type of stuff. But, um, you know, I loved that group we had last year as far as, you know, going from unranked to winning the national duels to being second in the country. I don't ever want to take anything away from them. Um, you know, and I, and it wasn't, and I don't ever want to be confused with them thinking I was disappointed with that group. Cause that definitely isn't the case. Um, I'm just saddened that the, that group didn't get the fairy tale ending because, I wanted them to experience what it was like to win a national championship. And for them, all the work they put in, all the ground they made going from where they began to right there at the end, being that close and not getting it was, was a tough pill to swallow. But, um, you know, you got to use this motivation and, and you got you to gotta just um, go, back, go back to the drawing board in a few areas. But for the most part, you know, just, just do more, man. You got to do more and you got to be better. Coming from a Division One wrestling standpoint and going through the Division One grind, because that's what college wrestling is. It is a grind. And then coming into coaching at Division Three, where there's there's no scholarships. You've got guys that might show up for a year or two and they say, all right, you know what, I, I came out, I liked wrestling, I'm, I'm going to go focus on my degree. And it's not really like, you know, in, in some cases, no, okay, no harm, no foul. But when you get into a situation where you're a power program, regardless of division, what are the differences you've noticed from – the type of athlete that gives a Wartburg, an Augsburg, a Loris, a Dubuque, uh, you know, a chance to be like, all right, I'm going to, I want to go here. I'm going to excel rather than maybe try to try to fight for a starting spot your senior year at division one. Well, I mean, I think it starts at the recruiting process, you know, um, for us, I mean, we're trying to find the right fit of guy that wants to come be a part of this program, you know, and I, uh, guy that's serious about school that wants to get a degree, um, that's going to stay out of trouble, that's going to be, you know, a good representation of this program and a guy that wants to win a national championship, you know, and, and be on a team that has a chance to win the national championship. And, you know, there's very few places that you can go at any level and do that, you know, and in division three, there's only two places you can go and win the national title in the last 24 years or whatever it's been, it's been Warburg or Augsburg. And, um, you know, so trying to find the right guys, doing your homework, um, and, and, you know, division one isn't for every kid. And so um, it, I, we're not trying to find a kid that necessarily isn't that level. We're trying to find the highest possible level of kid we can find. Um, but a lot of times, you know, we'll get kids that um, 
you know, maybe didn't win the state title their senior year, didn't didn't get what they wanted. They're not completely satisfied. And they have a hunger deep inside them that drives them, you know, and um, or a kid, you know, that just just didn't have didn't come from the best program or didn't get it just has a lot of upside still, you know. So there's so many different factors. But really, for us, it's just trying to find kids that want to work their butt off, want to be a part of something special and, and really want to be be a part of something that's bigger than just themselves, you know, and that's kind of what a, a program like Warburg, you know, with our tradition is. It's it's something that's bigger than just yourself. And when you're wrestling for something bigger than yourself, something bigger, it's it's a lot easier to do more, to go above and beyond because there's something special that's going on, you know, so um, but it, uh, the recruiting process has a lot to do with that, looking for the right guys and really doing your homework. What are some of the best things that you've you've discovered about Division Three wrestling as a whole? I absolutely love Division Three. Um, you know, and, I, and it's it's ever bit as competitive as any other division. You know, I mean, guys that come here, they want to win. You know, and they want to win championships and. Um, you know, obviously there's, there's real serious about academics too. And not to say that other divisions aren't, I don't mean that, but, um, so there's, but there's that, there's that, uh, balance that has to be had, but, um, I really, really love division three. I love the philosophy of it. And, you know, I, I've been in it for since 2000, you know, and so, and it's, it's gone fast, but, um, you know, there's, there's really no other, other place I'd want to be. You talked about the fit and getting the right type of guys that want to win national championships in Division Three. Uh, you know, we've, we've mentioned this on other programs. Sometimes gets a little bit of a stigma where the, where the hammers that come in are, are D one transfers, or they might have washed out another place and they're getting second chances. But uh, you know, the, the, the transfer question or the tr- it's not really a uh, controversy because you get, you get transfers in all sports and all all different divisions, but. How have you kind of tried to offset that, or or has it been a situation where like, all right, oh, I'm going to try to win the homegrown guys, or or you know, is you you kind of got an, do you have an open door policy? A guy wants to come to Wartburg and come to Wartburg, but you know, what's he got to do to fit that criteria and say you're not just going to take anybody? You know what? You're, like I mentioned a little bit ago, I mean, you're looking for the the right type of kid, and it means guys that that want to come in and are serious about school, you know, and that and that's that's one of the first things that we ask them because if you don't want to do school and you don't want to stay out of trouble, it, it's not going to work. It's you're not going to be a good fit here. And the other part of it is we're going to work your butt off, you know. It's 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 hard work in this sport to get what you want. You know, it's a it's a national title. It's it's special. And uh it's going to take everything you got and and it's going to be harder than probably what you've ever even imagined. But um as far as, you know, w- where they come from or, or any of that, you know, I mean, if, if they want to do those things, they're serious about school. They want to stay out of trouble. They want to win a championship. They want to work their butt off to do it. Yeah. I mean, they're welcome here. And uh, you know, I mean, I think a lot of times people try and pin down that, that Warburg or Augsburg, it's just, it's just all transfers, but it's not the case. You know I mean? It, for us, you know, maybe there's a, a transfer in our lineup out of nine guys, you know, once in a while, but, and, and there, obviously it's give and take some years, it's different situations, but really when it comes down to it, it's about developing guys and getting guys that want to work their butt off and be a part of something special. And, you know, it, for us, it doesn't really matter. One thing that I, I've had conversations with, with junior college coaches and, and coaches in, in the, uh, the non-division one uh, world of wrestling is the division one APR, the academic progress rate has, has really kind of changed the game when it comes to pulling kids from junior college in for to get their four year degree after they finish their two years. Have you noticed that 
you know, are you looking more so or more kids available coming out of the junior college ranks for division three than, you know, we're not seeing the TJ Williams and guys like that coming out of junior college and going to Iowa anymore. They're, they're hitting Grandview. They're hitting D two, they're hitting D three. How much do you think the APR at the division one level and the coaches being aware that they can't really take uh, too many academic risks, so to speak, how much is division three, you think benefited from uh, from the D1 guys going, all right, we're going to have to take a hands-off a little bit on some of these junior college guys. You know, I haven't seen a huge change as far as the Division three level. Um, I, you know, I think at the NAIA level and the D2 level, there there probably has been quite a bit of a pickup. I mean, I, I guess I couldn't speak for them, but I think there probably has because those guys have money to spend. You know, Division three, it, it's non-scholarship. And so a lot of those guys, that's what they're looking for. Um, and so, I mean, if – I guess for Division Three, I haven't really seen a, a huge increase. Um, you know, I mean, I guess you maybe have more guys that are that are looking, that are uh, you know open to it, maybe. But when it comes down to it, if they're really wanting to go on scholarship to a place, they may do that. But um, you know, for us, it, it hasn't really Im- impacted us. Now, when you you take kids from junior college, I'm going to use Kenny Martin for an example. A kid had a little bit of baggage coming out of high school. How, how do you take in a kid like that? He, you know, in, in the junior college ranks, he he didn't perform up to his ability, comes out and actually places higher in Division Three than he did at JUCO, had a phenomenal season. And when you get a kid that's a little rough around the edges, how much of uh, of coaching becomes life coach, person coach versus wrestling coach? Well, in all honesty, it doesn't matter who the kid is you are their life coach, you know, because ultimately, regardless of a kid's background or or their upbringing or whatever, they're going to encounter situations of adversity at college that they never anticipated that you're the first place they turn, you know, and and we want to be the first place they turn. We want to be there for them, whether it's school or a girlfriend or family or whatever the issue is, we want to be there for them. And, you know, guys on our team, they know that. They know that we're there for them. And and we make that evident in the recruiting process that in, in whether we're talking to them or we're talking to their parent, hey, we want to help your 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 young man grow into a man throughout these next four years. And that's that's a very, very important responsibility that we put on ourselves. And so, you know, a lot of it is culture. You know, it's the culture that you have around them, you know, and and you know, referring back to what what you were asking with Kenny Martin, I mean, he's in an outstanding culture. He's got a bunch of people around him that love him, that care about him, and he knows that. He knows it's not just about wrestling. It's not just about his athletic ability. It's about him growing in to become the right person. And um, and that's everybody. You know, that's every guy on our team. There's a level of accountability. There's a level of expectation. And, you know, that message continues to get taught every single day because in the end, as, as Wrestling coaches, you know, or whatever, whatever coach you may, uh, whatever sport you may coach, it's a disservice if, if it's all you're doing is just coaching the sport, because ultimately you need to change lives. And that's that's what for me personally, that's what my passion is, having an opportunity to change someone's life every single time they enter your program and your family. And so um, that's that's the part I love about it. And, and you know, that's that's the part that. No matter who the guy is, that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to change their life and get them to think higher than they've ever thought and uh, get them to do things they never thought were possible. So much of coaching is is learning and, you know, learning to be a coach continually. And with a great mentor there in Jim Miller, you've obviously had a good foundation. And when you're looking at other coaches in Division Three, there seems there is a more 
you know, I use that word family again, where uh, let's go to an example at the NWCA convention this year, this past summer, I'm standing there with you. I'm standing there with Molsoff. I'm standing there with other D3 coaches. You guys are all hanging out. I mean, it's like, you know, at the tournament, you'll see the coaches kind of hang out a little bit socially before you get going and then have dinner with each other. And these are coaches they'll be competing against. Do those, those I guess, so, I guess the social interaction in Division Three seems to be greater than Division One. How much of those type of relationships kind of open the door to help you learn from other coaches that uh, you may only see once, twice a year? Well, I think a lot of it, honestly, kind of, kind of goes back to what I was just talking about as far as, um, you know, being a life coach or, or helping guys um, change their lives. You know, I mean, I think a lot of the coaches understand that, you know. And so, yeah, believe me, we're competitors when the season's on. We're competitors when we're across the mat from each other. But, you know, to, to give the example of down at the convention down in Fort Lauderdale, you know, um, there's a situation where the competition isn't necessarily on our minds, but more of more so of um, growing the sport, growing Division Three, um, and and really just just supporting each other. Because man, coaching it's it's a it's a lot of if, if you're fully invested in it, man, you're you're spending a lot of time away from your family, a lot of time away from um, your wives and and other things that that are out there, you know. And 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 believe me, I absolutely love what I do. But when you have an opportunity to talk to other coaches and uh, discuss some of that stuff and, and pick people's brains, um, you do it, you know, and I, you never stop learning. And, and I don't I don't ever want to stop learning. I don't ever want to think I got it figured out because I don't. You know, I want to I want to know more. I want to get better. Um, you know, and that's personal growth, too, but in every area. But to answer the question, you know, I think it has a lot to do with um, the Division three philosophy and um just as a as a group as a whole, you know, because I have a lot of respect for everybody in this in this division. Circle back to your team now. Uh, Wartburg's won 182 straight Iowa Conference duels heading into the uh, Iowa Conference duels on January 23rd. So, worst case scenario, say that streak gets snapped on your watch. How quickly will Jim Miller hunt you down if that streak <laughs> gets broken? <laughs> Um, well, here's, here's how I always answer that question as far as, you know, is, is the pressure I feel from following a legend and believe me, coach Miller is a legend and, you know, I have the end of the world amount of respect for him and, um, am forever thankful for everything that I've learned from him and, and had the opportunity to, to, to learn from him and still learn from him. Um, but nobody has higher expectations for this program than me, you know, and, and my level of, of expectations is, um, that ain't going to happen. You know I mean? And, and I, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that every single time we wrestle that we're at our best, you know, and um, I don't, I don't want that to ever happen. I don't want to ever see that happen, you know? And so um, that's why we don't overlook anybody, you know, no matter who we're going to wrestle, it's about how we wrestle and, and us wrestling at our highest possible level and being ready to go every single time um, and, and not overlooking anyone. Because when you start to assume something's going to happen or you overlook someone, that's when upsets happen. So um, we take every single duel serious. We take every match serious. And uh, we keep the focus on on how we wrestle and what we do and, and try and be at our highest level possible every single time we compete. 
the Iowa Conference with the way the, the Division Three structure has gone to regional qualifications for, for the national championships. There's no longer an Iowa Conference championship meet, although we're seeing a lot of the Iowa Conference duels in, uh, teams in the same region. And uh, most recently at the Cornell Matman, that seemed like it was a mini Iowa Conference tournament with uh, a couple other teams mixed in there. What are your opinions on the qualification process now versus the, the old process of conference qualifiers and that usage of historical data for qualifiers? Do you think it's better, worse, or are you indifferent? Um, I mean, I'm not going to, not going to lie. I mean, I miss our Iowa conference tournament. It was an outstanding event. I mean, in the state of Iowa, it was covered on um, Iowa public television, uh, which was good for every single division three school in Iowa. Um, and there was just, there was so much history and tradition with the Iowa conference tournament. And so I was sad. I was disappointed when that, that ended, um, you know, with the regional system, um, you know, we were able to gain qualifiers, which meant more opportunity for division three. Um, you know, and nobody lost more than the Iowa conference in that scenario when the, when the, uh, when we had to go to regionals, you know, um, there's a lot of regionals that, that gain qualifiers the Iowa conference lost and lost a significant amount um but it's one of those things that you know I mean you're, you're ultimately trying to do what's best for wrestling and trying to do what's best for the division three um wrestling so um you know it's 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 been a change it's something different I think it's something that people are you know still getting used to um but in the end ultimately what it comes down to is uh being the best you can be you know and so um, you know, anymore, we don't have wild cards back in the day. You used to have wild cards and, and you, so there was margin of error, but there isn't anymore. You know, when you get to the regional tournament, you got to be on and, uh, you got to be at your best. And so you train that way, you prepare that way. And, uh, you go into the, to the regional tournament with that approach. When you got into division three coaching, and I say this story quite a bit to pretty much everybody I, I share my division three experience with is the first time I showed up to a tournament, it was in Cedar Rapids. And I thought it was one of the, one of the craziest things because, you know, number one seeds get beat every year in the first round. It seems you got the fans, the crowds. What what are some of your earliest memories about the division three tournament that uh, you're not busy with coaching, but something that you could, you just kind of take a pause for a second, look around and be like, man, this is really freaking cool. <laughs> um, I think probably real similar to what you just said. I mean, the, the, the craziness of the tournament, um, just uh, the, the, the things that I was surprised most, most with was the level of competition, you know, and it is a high level of competition. And I didn't really honestly know that much about Division Three when I, when I got into Division III. Um, and so, you know, the level of competition, the high level that it is, and, uh, you know, just the just, uh, the competitiveness of it. And then, you know, for me, it was, it was a learning process, learning all the different coaches, all the different programs um, and getting to know relationships with all those coaches. And so, but it's, it's, uh, you know, kind of what you mentioned every year at that national tournament, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's let it fly. You know, I mean, the, the scores just, just, you know, comparing it to maybe like the division one tournament where it's a uh, one takedown, that's all you're going to see the whole entire match. I mean, there's, there's, there's people uh, throwing the kitchen sink every match and it's, it's uh, they're putting points up. So it's, it's an exciting tournament to watch for sure. How many of the finals do you really get to, to pay attention to that don't involve Wartburg athletes? Um, you know, it kind of depends on what guys we have in the finals that year um, until our guys are done. 
competing in the finals, um, none. You know, I mean, you're, you're you're focused on getting your guy ready to go just mentally, you know, being there for him and, and getting him ready to go out and, and win the national championship. So um, usually when I, I get to watch the finals will be um, a week or two afterwards when I finally get a chance to catch my breath and, and get to watch the broadcast. What are some of the most memorable moments that you that have that you've noticed from the Division Three championships that uh, may or may not have involved a Warburg athlete? You know, just a you know, great matches, great battles, things that that as a wrestling fan, you're like, man, that was awesome. Well, the the one that sticks out immediately in my mind is uh, Cody Silvestri beating Bebeto up in Lacrosse when Bebeto was going for his third, and um, you know, nobody in that arena gave Cody Silvestri any chance at all, um, you know, except for Warburg, you know, and um, the guy went out there and, and upset him. And, and not just the fact that he upset him, but if, if you remember that match, that, that match was insane and uh, how that match went. And then just at the end of the match, both of those two just just completely exhausted, falling over. Um, and in fact, Silvestri, when they, after they shook hands, went to the wrong, the wrong corner afterwards. Cause I don't, I don't think, no, he really knew what was up or down at that point. Um, but that was one of those that just really, really stuck out and, um, the emotional roller coaster I was on going through that match at the time. But, um, that was, that was definitely a highlight. Well, and then it, it, it it's one year later, he's on the opposite end of that because nobody expected the kid from Concordia to beat Silvestri the next year. So, I mean, it's it's definitely highs and lows quickly from one year to the next in D3. It is, it is. You know, I mean, it's it's that way, um, you know, throughout the year. It's that way throughout the national tournament, you know, and um, it's one of those things where you just got to rebound as quick as possible and, and get yourself mentally right back locked in, ready to go. Um to help the next guy and then the first chance you get to to go put your arm around the guy and um and and process it with them as fast as you can because um it's heartbreaking sometimes um the highs are definitely high and the lows can be really really low and um it all hits you personally you know because you, you've been there with them in the trenches you, you've bled with them you've sweat with them that's the beauty of wrestling and um when, when they win you know you feel that joy but when they don't you you, you feel that pain so um, just, just another thing that I love about this sport. We touched on this earlier in the episode about, uh, Augsburg, you guys will host the Augies on February 4th in Waverly. Explain, let, let's, let's go from your vantage point about what this rivalry is coming into it. How much did you know about the Augsburg Wartburg rivalry? And then how much have you, have you learned and kind of been able to engross yourself in it as, as the head coach? Because this is, this is something that you said, it goes back to Jim Miller, Jeff Swenson, 20 years. It's been the two top, the battle of the Bergs. It's, it's a big deal in wrestling, not just division three wrestling. It's a huge deal, you know, and it's, 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 in my opinion, one of the, one of the best rivalries, um, in sports, you know, out there. And I really didn't know hardly anything about it, honestly, until I got into division three. Um, but believe me, I immediately understood what was at stake when I got into division three. Um, I found out pretty quickly and, uh, you know, it's a fierce rivalry. It really is. Um, when it's, when it comes to the competition, but outside of, of that, you know, I mean, I have an immense amount of respect for coach Swenson, um, for Jim up there and the things that he's doing now. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's great for wrestling. You know, it puts division three, that rivalry puts division three on the map. A lot of times in some of the bigger, um, 
media outlets. It gets the coverage, you know, and, and I think any news for Division Three wrestling is, is good for Division Three wrestling. Um, and so it's a, it's a real special thing. And, uh, you know, it's one that we look forward to every year. And it's, it's one of those things, too, that, you know, when guys come back for reunions, you know, we, we relive some of those memories of those uh, fierce battles that we had with Augsburg, you know, whether it was the duel going up there, them being down here, or just, you know, a lot of times competing for the national championship to, against them. Yeah, last year, uh, Augsburg uh, elevated the mat. It was, it was. I mean, you guys kind of blew them out. But uh, you know, they they got the mat lamp. Uh, what what does Wartburg do when you circle this date on the schedule to say this is this is going to be a dual meet? This isn't just like we're going to lay a mat out. And we're going to go. This is a little bit more uh, production value, a little bit more uh, push to get people to this event. They do an outstanding job up there. They really do. Um, and it's 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 always an awesome environment when you go up there. Um, it's usually a fierce environment. Um, but they do it upright, you know? And so, um, you know, for us, we're going to try and get as many people here as we can. We're going to publicize it. We're going to market it. Um, you know, we're going to do the, try and build up the announcement, uh, the introductions for the guys and, um, try and make it an event, you know? And I think that's what one thing that we have to do, no matter what the duels are, no matter who you're wrestling, I think wrestling's got to make their, uh, competitions an event because a lot of people aren't going to just come out and watch wrestling. They need it to be an event. They need it to be an experience. And so, um, you know, for this one, you're, you're really going to try and make it as special as possible and, and try and, uh, try and get as many people there as you can. What does a guy like Chris Ortner bring to your program? Unbelievable. I mean, I, that guy is unbelievable. I, uh, very, very fortunate to have him on staff. Um, you know, I mean, he's a very, very good recruiter. Um, he really, really has a passion for recruiting and, uh, you know, and I think a lot of that is because the guy went to Warburg, you know, and he, he understands this program. He understands what it did for him. Um, and he speaks about it passionately when he goes out and talks to kids, when he talks to families. Um, and the other part that's real, real special about him is that the guy is a personal relationship guy, you know, and, um, I say that because our guys they have a real close personal relationship with him, you know, and I, that's coaching. When you, when you have that relationship with guys where they, they, they know they can let their guard down. They know they can invest in you and you, that you're invested in them. Special things happen. And um, that's just him by nature. You know, he's, he's that guy. So um, very, very fortunate to have him. And uh, you know, it's been an awesome relationship and looking forward to hopefully many years to go. Yeah, I guess the most important thing to to wonder about about Coach Ortner is how many different shades of red, pink, peach, fuchsia, magenta can his face get during the course of one dual meet? <laughs> he can get very intense. Uh, that's what's kind of great about him. He'll go from zero to a hundred um, on the click of a finger. So he can he can raise his level of intensity very quick. Um, but he's that's that shows you his level of care, though. You know, I mean, that's that's how involved he is in every guy's um, performance and in every guy's uh, life. You know, and so um, <laughs> when good or bad, he's gonna he's gonna bring his level up right along with what's going on in the match. So, yeah, I'd be curious if if you put a blood pressure monitor and a monitor on him, you and him during a duel meet, what it would be if these things would be like. Is it just as intense as if you're actually doing a workout yourself? I'm I'm curious. I mean, uh, you know, how many shirts do you sweat through in a typical duel meet? 
I can I can answer that as far as if it would be a workout. You're absolutely right. I mean, there's very very few duels that we get done with that I don't <laughs> feel exhausted because it's hard not to wrestle every match. You know, it really is. I mean, you you, you go through a whole entire um, season of of all these little details that you're working on every single day with guys and um you know so when they are out there you're 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 right there with them and a lot of times you, you know you're seeing things happen before it even happens on the mat or, or you know you're you're in tune with guys you're in tune with them and so you you know what they're thinking why they're out there a lot of times um and so it's hard not to emotionally be involved as the match goes on as much as i try sometimes to maybe take a step back i'm i'm not very good at that part i i get involved Division three championships this year are back in Cedar Rapids, U.S. Cellular Center. It underwent a renovation. We were there a couple of years ago, post-renovation, beautiful facility, great sight lines for the wrestling fans. And this is, it, it really is a fan-friendly event. You get the, and especially with the the college students that come out from Co next door, from uh, Dick Simmons' crew up at Cornell that come down, they volunteer, and then they got a good crowd. Wisconsin Whitewater comes over with a good crowd. Uh, you know, Augsburg and Wartburg always, uh, you know, actually, I think the Augsburg fans have had, they've had some of the most evil chants over the years. And I, it was like, it was like almost like, wow, that's just, that was like, uh, I just, it was the, the floating uh, Clayton Rush thing from Consolation Semis a couple years ago. And I remember the chant and it was like, just like last year. And they start clapping. I'm like, oh, that is so evil. But it shows that there's an intelligence with and an understanding of the history of what was going on in scenarios. And of course the, the Luther chants that, you know, I, I made sure to, all right, where are the Luther fans? Where are the Luther fans? And, the, and then there's of course the, the East coast timeout chants, which I noticed were notably less last year since they were in the East coast, but Cedar Rapids <laughs> coach Keller, it's a fantastic place for the D three championships. It's a great venue. Um, it's a championship experience, you know, I mean, it's, it's a, the arena itself, um, the way they uh, set it up. And, and, you know, Dick Simmons, I can't say enough for what that guy has done. Um, he, he does an outstanding job with it, you know, and um, all of Division Three is very thankful for, for what that guy does to, to put this tournament on. And um, it's, it's, a, it's a great experience for every athlete that has the opportunity to be a part of it, um, which is what it should be, you know. And, you know, there, I, I remember back to – years where they used to be in a field house you know and, and it's it's really really evolved and came a long ways from those days you know which 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 is how it should be you know because it should be a championship experience and these athletes put just as much hard work and time in as anyone else and so they should have that experience when they get to the national tournament Speaking of Dick Simmons, he's going to be inducted into the uh, Division Three Wrestling Hall of Fame this year. Again, that ceremony in Cedar Rapids. A couple other names that have uh, Iowa Conference or Iowa ties. Uh, Randy Stewart, the coach at Loris, is going in. And then uh, a Wartburg alum, Akeem Carter, a two-time champ, won it in 2004 and 2005. And what does it mean for you as a coach of a program when somebody gets into the Hall of Fame? Akeem Carter was a phenomenal wrestler in his day out of Waterloo, Iowa, you know, what's it mean for, for you and the program to know that Akeem Carter is going into the D3 Hall of Fame this year? It's great. You know, I mean, it gives it gives our uh, team, you know, our current team a chance to, to kind of get educated on, on who these guys are and, and get a chance to meet them. And um, but it also it, it gives them a chance to kind of be recognized for everything that they did when they were going through, which is special, you know, because, you know, some of these guys have been out. 10, 15 years, you know, and so it, for them, it's special because it brings back all the memories, all the, all the hard work, all the lessons, um, 
And so, you know, the other thing it does, it, it brings back a, a group, you know, usually the guys that are around that era come back and, and uh, you know, support that person. So it's, it ends up being a big reunion as well. So um, it's always good when someone gets recognized for everything that they've done, you know, for the sport and, and the success that they've had. Been talking with Wartburg head wrestling coach Eric Keller here on the Ice Hour. Just drawing your attention to that second weekend in March. That's the 11th and 12th U.S. Cellular Center. We'll have the Division Three Championships, the 2016 edition. And uh, Coach Keller, I guess the the last comment and question we have is, what is it going to take for somebody outside of Wartburg or Augsburg to steal that title away from you guys? I guess I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I don't like thinking of that way you know i don't think that way i guess um you know for us we just we try and um be as good as we can possibly be every single year and um you know hope that we have a chance to compete for the national gi- title every year and um you know it's it's worked out pretty well over the last um i don't know what whatever we've won the last 5 out of the last 8 um but, you know, I mean, it, it just for us, it's important, you know, and I know other programs, it's important and, and they're trying to trying to reach that pinnacle. Um, but, you know, we're going to we're going to continue to put the best absolute performance we can together year after year and um, hope to have a chance to be right there at the end. Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com.